Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Here we go again. Here we are. Randy, welcome back. Hi, Jonathan. Um, So, the Lord's Prayer, Beyond Sunday, just pray it. It's pretty simple. Okay. Yep. Thanks for joining us this yep. week. See you next time. <laughs> Pray that prayer. Uh, so and that concludes our broadcast. <laughs> Here's a. It is, it, but it is. It's that simple. It is right. Uh, when uh, pray then like this. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Verse nine. So if you're just uh, if you weren't with us on Sunday or if you're just jumping in here, we're in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, probably pretty close to the very middle of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the Lord's prayer kind of right in the middle. Um, so can I ask a question though, to get started here? You, uh, it is simple, but you only got through mm-hmm. a very small section of it. I did. Uh, which to me, the question is, what was the, what was the reasoning for that? Because I think there's probably some pastoral, obviously thought that went behind that. So mm-hmm. why'd you go, why'd you hammer down on that? Uh, the first thing is because of the structure of the prayer itself. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the, you know, that's the best place to start rather than to say, I knew we had communion. And um, so the first thing is the structure. Uh, when you're looking at the prayer and you're uh, trying to put this into practice this week, when Jesus says, pray then like this, the mm-hmm. first part of that prayer, as you know, is helping us learn to talk to God about God and his priorities, his kingdom, his agenda, his, you know, his program. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I thought with the time that we have on a Sunday service, I did not want to rush. uh, I didn't want to rush through the first part in order to cover all the requests. I think if I counted correctly, there are six of them. And so if you take the first half of the prayer. Yeah. Uh, you're dealing with a very specific call to, um, before I ask God for anything about me, let's, let's make sure that I've got the focus on him. And when you're praying this week, that's, that's just a, an important element. Uh, that's an important element to have in your prayer life. Mm-hmm. Uh, in order to implement Jesus' teaching, mm-hmm. you know, like you said a moment ago, we'll just pray the prayer. Yeah. What we're doing is we're saying it's not that you have to copy. It's not that you have to say these opening words, the first three requests. You don't have to say them the same way, mm-hmm. but but this is an element of of praying that should be in my prayer life. So when I pray to the Father, it's important that I have His agenda as my priority. Mm-hmm. And as Lord willing, as as we'll talk about on Sunday. Um, then by the time I get to my requests for me, I've already put those in the context of God's agenda. So uh, the first answer to that question is, I'm thinking about the structure and the way this is structured. I can break this prayer up the way Jesus did so that verses 9 and 10 focus on God and his kingdom and his will. Mm-hmm. And I want those things. And so that um, that provided a nice break. Yeah. The second structural issue that came into play is I was positive that in order to do justice to the details of the prayer, I could not handle verses 12 
uh, I'm sorry, verses 14 and 15, I couldn't handle those yeah. Well. Yeah. They're too. They're they're too. Um, they're too difficult, frankly. Mm. Uh, so um, the the part at the end of the prayer, like the prayer is finished, and then in fourteen and fifteen, Jesus goes back to the aspect of forgiveness. Yeah. The rationale for it. So those two structures, those two structural elements, uh, considerations were one yeah. of the reasons. And then again, communion Sunday, which you and I both know, we we desperately, you know, we don't want to get. I don't want to stop the teaching time at 20 minutes to 11, uh, tw 20 minutes to um, mm -mm. 12. No, we don't want that. And then mm -hmm. you start in on the communion segment. So there was a couple of considerations. The, the people in the nursery would, you know, be hunting you down, yeah. you know. But the question, though, I hope <laughs> they would. The question, though, hopefully serves our purposes of when we put this prayer into practice, what we're really doing is making sure that in our prayer times, when we talk to God, we're focused on him and what it, what does he want to be accomplished. Mm -hmm. Then from there, we'll get to these other requests. Yeah. So you mentioned six requests. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if you broke them down on Sunday. If you did, I, I may have missed it. But am I tracking mm -hmm. with you the first three, which you did you cover mm -hmm. the three? Yeah. Request number one, may your name be hallowed, yep. essentially. Yeah. Uh, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. Are those right. three? <laughs> they they are, yeah. And there, if you look at the wording of these, these are not these are not really requests. And I don't know how well I covered that. I know I would have said something along the lines of what we're doing is we're telling God our intention. Okay. For the grammarians out there, yes, this is a, a few. this is a a, a volitional um, imperative. So okay. what we're what we're it's actually we we we're saying we want these things for yes. God. Okay, thank you. Volitional, volitional. imperative. I want I this want, for God, and so you. I'm actually commanding it. But it's it, you'll notice how does these how do these translations do it? Well, they really don't. Uh, the ASV doesn't do this, but uh, some of your other translations or if you read maybe a note or something, a footnote, it might be, you know, may these things happen. We mm -hmm. want these things to happen. We wish for them to happen. So, yes. So they're really not they're really not requests. Yeah. That's a, OK. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't English grammarians. Yeah. Uh, myself included. They are, yeah, I think a wish or a request, a desire of ours is yeah. we want God's name to be hallowed. We want his kingdom to come. Yeah. And we want his will to be done. Yeah. And if you're, I mean, if, if anybody that's wondering, why would I spend my time on some of those details? Mm -hmm. It's because when I look at this and I read this Greek text, these are, these are, these are not normal forms that I would expect in this prayer. So that they're passives, for instance. Mm -hmm. And so... Um, these are things that we want to happen to God. We want these to happen to him because of who he is. And we know it's good for the world and it's good for us, but we want this to happen to him. So he's being, we hope that he's being acted upon mm -hmm. by those of us who are worshiping something. So there, there are some, there's some technical, there, there's some good benefit of reading these texts carefully okay. for something like that. So if I can uh, do my best to kind of flesh that out, um, there's a difference between active and passive verbs. An active verb is saying, go do this. 
and a passive verb in the Greek text is saying we hope that like this happens to you. Well, correct. Well, not the hope part, but the passive would be simply that you're being acted upon okay. as the su you're the subject and you're being acted upon rather than you're acting. Okay. So in this case, what's happening in these first in the opening two verses of the prayer, you're just talking to God about God because you want these things to happen to him. You want him to be treated with the deepest respect. Yeah. You want his kingdom to come and you want his will to be done. You want him to be experiencing those things. And so yeah, is it safe to say, though, then that the active part beyond Sunday for us is to initiate that, to be an active, we're an active part of that. So let's, yep. you know, Our as, as yeah. followers of Jesus, yeah. let's hollow the name of let's, God. Let's make sure we can legitimately, as we talked about, let me bring this text back up. What we talked about is let's make sure that we can actually pray this because in my life, my life is being lived in such a way that I have the deepest respect for him as God. Okay. Then from there, uh -huh. pray the prayer. Yeah. Because that this is something that we are actually praying to God. Mm -hmm. So even though we're telling God this is what we want, if he answers this prayer, and he will, by the mm -hmm. way, these are prayers he will answer. Yes. Um, so... Hallowed be your name. Is there a connection there to the third commandment? Don't take the Lord's name in vain. There were there was a lot of writing on that. Yeah. Yeah. Where, so I just think about taking the Lord's name. I wonder, so it's a small rabbit trail here. Um, taking the Lord's name in vain. I think we commonly think of that as like using God's name as a swear word mm -hmm. or speaking it uh, thoughtlessly or mindlessly. Yeah. Um, which is not good. It's mm -hmm. making what is holy common. Yeah. Um, in God's name, but we also, we, we carry God's name with us as Christians. You know, it's like a, it should be a, an identifier for us. So everywhere we go, we take God's name with us. And so we can hollow God's name or hold it in high regard or respect mm -hmm. um, by our actions yeah. and our words, whether using God's, you know, using the name or the word God yeah. or one of his names or just our Know, our language, encouraging mm -hmm. others, etc. Yeah. So, is that connection there? Is, there is, there is, is some stuff written. There is a connection. It's not super strong because the focus here, when you say "Hallowed be Your name," the name is now substituting for God Himself. So the name represents Him. Mm -hmm. And so, what we're dealing with here is more not just how we use the name or carry the name, but what we want is we want God to be treated as God in this world. Someone put it like this, you know, I, I want God to be God to us. Yeah. Not something less, mm -hmm. which is not a bad way to uh, to do it. Yeah. Um, so uh, question about verse 10 there, your mm -hmm. kingdom come, but then specifically your will be done. Mm -hmm. um, is, is it safe to say then that God's will is not always done on earth? Yeah. It's safe to say that it's not done on earth perfectly the way in which he would like because yeah. of the presence of evil. And the reason I ask that is yeah. because I've I've heard and I've even thought, well, it's, uh, a set of circumstances plays mm -hmm. out. Mm -hmm. Someone gets a job or doesn't get a job mm -hmm. or and a response is, well, that must have just been the Lord's will mm -hmm. uh, as if everything that happens in the world. Well, that was just God's will. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I don't, this is telling me that it's not necessarily the case. If, if we're, that's right. If we're hoping or desiring for God's will to be done, that tells me it's not always done. So it's our desire that it is to be done. That's right. Um, and so when, uh, you know, when, when we're praying a prayer like this, we are, we are thinking about the difference between what God permits. Mm-hmm. Right. There's theologians have divided this up a lot and you know this through yeah. the years. So we are thinking about the difference between what God commits permits in a badly broken world Mm -hmm. versus what he ultimately wants to occur in his perfect world, which Mm -hmm. won't happen until the kingdom comes in full. Mm -hmm. So there is, there is a difference there. And for you praying this part of it, you know, if, if you're focused on God, I want your will to be done today. What we're saying though, is we're, we're saying, okay, no matter the circumstance, what, I want to make sure that I'm doing what you want mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's helpful. Um, so moving on, I think to our last question here for the day. Good. Can I just say just yeah, one thing quickly, just remember that, uh, when you're trying to put this prayer into practice, just ask yourself already today, when you've prayed to God, have you made sure you've, have you talked to him about him? So you'll notice here, this is, this is more, um, I don't, I don't even know if, if, if it's proper to say that there's, that this is adoration even, I I don't know. I'm sure there's aspects of adoration in this. Michelle pointed out uh, to me the other day, and she's done studies on this in the past. She said, isn't it fascinating? There's no Thanksgiving in this prayer either. Mm -hmm. No, there isn't. Right. So as a model prayer, What's important is that you and I include in our prayer times with God. We talk to God about God before we do anything else. Mm-hmm. It, I, th- I think that's, it's not I think, the structure of the prayer as a model prayer requires our prayer lives to have an element of his kingdom in it. Mm-hmm. And what's my relationship to him and his kingdom? If you're starting, if this is an element in your prayer life and it's the start of your prayers, it now will shape any requests that you make, but it's also an opportunity to be genuinely, sincerely a Christian. Mm-hmm. Because now, with all sincerity, you're saying to God, God, let's remember, I, I'm remembering God. I'm remembering who you are. Yep. And your kingdom and your will are more important to me than anything else. And I want to live in that reality. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe I'll ask him about some of my stuff. Yeah. But already I've set myself squarely as a child of God in his kingdom. Yeah. A citizen yeah. of heaven. Yeah. Um, which puts him as our king. Yep. Uh, and it also, he starts off with calling him our father mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that gets to our, our second question here, third, however many, if you're counting. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned in the sermon that there's an intimacy with our heavenly father. Yeah. It's a familial yeah. metaphor there, which I think is really strong. Um, and then you touched on feeling and then maybe not feeling sometimes that intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't spend a lot of time on it, but um, I think for practical reasons, mm-hmm. but if someone said to you, you know, I'm just, I'm not feeling that intimacy right now, that closeness. Right. Um, how, how would you counsel them? 
sure. I think you touched on it, if I'm remembering right, and I went back and listened again, but yeah, I'm just, Randy, I'm struggling right now. I'm not feeling mm -hmm. like God's my father who yeah. I want to, you know, just go to and just feeling disconnected. Yeah. So, um, I, I appreciate any opportunity to just think about what it means to be a human being, mm -hmm. a Christian human being. So if I were to ask you, did you ever have times when you were growing up where you didn't feel that really, really close connection to your earthly father? Mm -hmm. Were there days like that? Were there weeks like that? Maybe months and years like that? I think a lot of us would say, oh, yeah. And then there's other times when we felt very, very close to our fathers, mm -hmm. right? So I, my first thought is to is say to, to all of us, that's, that's part of being in a human, that's part of being a human being in a relationship. Yeah. So don't panic. No, in this case, you're, you're, you're a human being in relationship with the, the divine creator. Mm -hmm. So I want to say to you, that's normal. Mm-hmm that you don't always have the warm fuzzies with your father. Yeah. Yeah. Second, does that change the relationship? No. Yeah. You're still there. We're in, I mean, there's no way to get out of the family. We're in mm -hmm. uh, third. What does it take for the intimacy to return? Which is probably the critical point of this. Mm -hmm. What does it take? Okay, again, I'm thinking, and this is not, this is not, this is not necessarily only just theological reading of scripture. This is also think about your life. Mm -hmm. So I know from scripture that a couple of things are going to happen to draw me closer to God, yeah. potentially. Mm -hmm. One is that I have a need and I go to him mm -hmm. and that brings me closer. Mm-hmm. And when there's an answer to prayer, that brings me closer, yeah. right? But I do have to go to ask. The other thing is um, trouble. Trouble just seems to be, as I've heard from so many parishioners through the years, it, it has the uncanny ability to draw me closer, mm -hmm. potentially. Yeah. It can also push yep. me away. Sure. But most of what I hear from Christians is, that trouble drew me closer to God. Mm -hmm. So I would say that when you're when you're not feeling it, I'm not a fan of. Listen, honestly, I'm not a fan of this type of logic where read and pray more, read your Bible more and pray more, and then you'll feel closer. Not necessarily. Yeah. And I think those of us who have tried to be sincere and open about our own relationship with God, mm -hmm. I think we've all sensed that. There's times when we are reading and we are praying and we still don't feel it. Yeah. So then we then maybe, well, maybe you haven't read the right verse <laughs> or maybe you haven't prayed the right prayer. I don't I don't think so. I think one of the values of when you pray, pray like this is. You are teaching yourself when you pray. I mean, just think about a person who daily calls God their father, whether they feel like it or not. Mm -hmm. That is the reality of the relationship. Yeah. I'd love to say that the feeling returns and it's there forever and all that. I think that's too, I think that's overly simplistic, actually. Yeah. I don't know. That's my, just yeah, my spiel. That, yeah, that's really good. You've probably got 
some other thoughts on that as well? I mean, what do you do? Well, no, actually, I think that's that's really good. Just reminding ourselves of that angle that we're humans and there's times where we, we go through spells where we just, you know, we don't feel close to, yeah. to God, where we don't feel close to other people and um, to not be, you know, in a state of panic over that and to just, you know, stay with it and... Yeah be reminded of who God is and the, the one, if there was just one thing that I would say is helpful, as you just pointed out, you know, the author, Jerry Bridges borrowed from another author. I forget that guy's name. I've got both of those books, uh, but, but Bridges was the one that helped our faith family years mm-hmm. ago. He taught us to preach the gospel to ourselves every day. Right. Actually, I think Fred I think Fred and Don actually gave me the book, a little paperback of the author that Bridges got that from. Okay. But that's where I think that's where the intimacy can be developed. If you and I say every morning, thank you, thank you for sending your son to die for me. I don't yeah. know how you can believe that and not love him. Do you, do you know what I mean? I, I don't know how you could you could say that and believe yeah. that and not feel close to the Father. Yeah. Look at what he did. And using that uh, analogy of human relationships, mm-hmm. I mean, there's definitely mm-hmm. times where, you know, just about anybody has said, I'm just not feeling loved by my dad right now for whatever the reason is. Yeah. Um, but if your father came to you and said, hey, I love you, and I care about you. And here's what I think of you mm. in that moment. It would really kind of ignite, engage yeah. your, yeah. your desire for in that yeah. relationship. And yeah. that's what's preaching the gospel to yourself. Yes. Remembering that I'm a, yep. I'm an adopted chosen child of God. Yeah. And that. Right. And what if, I mean, let's, let's play this out. What if your dad did that mm-hmm. and it didn't work in the first attempt? Like let's say he'd yeah. been he'd been working a lot of hours for yeah. a whole month, and you felt neglected for a whole month. You yeah. know he missed your ball games. He he wasn't there for mm-hmm. supper time, for bedtime, whatever. Yeah. So the first time he says that, maybe yeah. you don't feel it goes in one ear and out the other. Maybe you don't yeah. reciprocate that right yeah. away. Mm-hmm. But what if he keeps saying it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Then probably, you know, it's going to finally sink in. Mm-hmm. So for what it's worth. Yeah. And, and God's unchanging in that relationship. Like he's yeah. not, he's not distancing himself oh, no. from us. Like he's, oh, no, no, he's no. there. No. And I just would say too, you know, if you're, if you're, you're praying like this, pray then like this, verse nine, our father in heaven, that's the approach. That's the stance. That's the reality. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing better than calling him that. Mm-hmm. We're in a faith journey. Yeah. Do you believe that he's your heavenly father? And if you do, then what we talked about was there's this incredible intimacy, but there's also supernatural authority in that and all of the power that he has to provide and protect. And boy, you and I are on a journey to believe that, that he's that to us. Mm-hmm. He's our heavenly father. Yeah. Yeah. And so feeling distant, you know, which is going to happen at times. Yeah. You said you, you don't love the philosophy of just, you know, pray and read more. I don't, you know, no, it's a work. Um, That's a work. Yeah. 
but I think you would also say, don't stop doing those things. No. You know, no. don't distance yourself from God's word, prayer. Don't distance yourself from the church family no. just because you're not no. feeling it. Those things can yes. definitely help to yeah. stir up and remind us of who we are and who yeah. God is. The, the trap is that when the person believes that there's a formula, okay, yeah, that's there's a, a spiritual formula, and we're good at this. I mean, we're <laughs> the best at this. Yeah. There's a spiritual formula, and if you follow that formula, you'll come out with yeah. intimacy. Yeah, and I w- I think that's I think life is life. The life of faith is messier than that. Mm-hmm. Is my take on that? Yeah, that's really good. Okay, so that's all the questions. Let me try and sum it up a little bit. Um, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, so here we are taking that Jesus' words uh, as instruction for us, as a template for you know our prayer life mm-hmm. and a reminder, two things. One, who God is, and then two, our role in helping those things to happen. Um, so that's a, a great reminder to us, and it's a great challenge to us as well to be citizens of heaven, children of God, the King, our Father, and yeah, beyond Sunday, making those things happen, you know, by God's grace and through yeah. His power. And, and, you know, you and I want more than anything that we want everyone in the faith family to legitimately be able to pray a prayer like this. Mm hmm. And, and as I said uh, back on Sunday, one of the strange responses to this is some of you might not be able to pray like this. We, we hope that that turned around within the yeah. 45 minutes or so or close to an hour with the uh, Lord's mm-hmm. table. But, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So That's really good. So we'll, uh, f- do you think you're going to finish up the Lord's Prayer, the Disciples' Prayer on so. Sunday? Okay. I hope so. Me too. <laughs> All right. Good deal. Hey, so thanks for joining us. Um, And as always, if you have questions, we really appreciate these. They help the conversation. They do. And uh, and your questions are really, for what it's worth, they're helpful for the faith family, for everyone else who's kind of tuning in here. They stir up our thoughts and they keep us engaged through the week and they help get us ready for Sunday, too, as we finish off the Lord's Prayer. So keep the questions coming in. Podcast at cbcmj.com is where you can send them. And yeah, we just appreciate the interaction and love you guys. So see you when we see ya. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.